This is a 980 CKNW podcast. We've talked a lot about real estate, about housing, and this seemed like a good news story. A development in Langley, it at the time when it went on pre-sale in 2015, offered units that people who had saved up a down payment could get into the market. They were excited to move in. The move-in date was supposed to be in 2016. Well, here we are. In April of 2018, not only are the people who purchased units in the Murrayville House in Langley not living in their homes, they've just been delivered a blow in a court ruling, one of the multiple court rulings, one of the multiple lawsuits that has really bogged down the whole development. Well, joining me on the line to talk a bit more about this is Nolan Colleen. He is one of those who had purchased in the building. Nolan, thank you so much for getting up early and being with us this morning. Well, thank you very much for having me. Uh, to walk us through what happened. Uh, I was uh, chatting with you. We talked about this uh, for the story on Global yesterday. But walk us through uh, what uh, has happened, what your experience has been with Murrayville House. Well, the long short of it is basically we had purchased into the building as at uh, the near end of, of the development. And, and then from that point forward, it was very close to being done. Uh, when I walked through my particular unit, uh, it just needed to have appliances put in. So I came in at um, at the end where people had been at, uh, for another year or two longer than I have. But um, like I said, appliances just needed to be put in. And I was told maybe um, it would be a month until we actually got the keys. And um, it was just delay after delay and inexplicable delays where... The building was done at that point, and then it was like, well, we're waiting on landscaping or we're waiting on this certificate or, or this fire inspection or what have you. And after a certain point, it just it didn't even make sense anymore where the certificate of occupancy had been issued by the township and there was still no keys, no intention to close or anything like that. So then people started to question, okay, what's going on? And then... Shortly thereafter, we realized, okay, the lenders are now trying to foreclose and there's humongous taxes owing to the township and um, things just kind of exploded from there. And this is information then, when you when you signed on or when you first saw this development and purchased in there, was there any sign that, that things were amiss or that there were these giant uh, loans, there these giant um, debts owed to the lenders? No, so this is the funny part is... Um, my other half actually went on to the legal system in BC and searched for Chandler and there was nothing showing in the, the legal system as pending or, or any cases that um, were in the courts or have been in the courts. So the record was clean. Um, and it was in, I believe May or June um, where one or two little things started to pop up. And then August when, you know, everything kind of began, um, and was then entered into the system. But, you know, and that's something that a lot of people don't have access to or know about um, to go into that system and have a look. So the average person wouldn't, wouldn't know. No, exactly. And the, the the unit itself, the Murrayville house looks lovely. It's a brand new building. Like you said, there's nobody, there's nobody living in it, uh, but it's, it's brand new and, and such. And it's much like many other developments around Langley and other municipalities as well. Uh, so let's talk about the court case because there was a ruling this past week as well where you and many of the other uh, purchasers, 40 for involving the 40, 40 of the units in a 92 unit building. Uh, but the courts, well, 
well, I suppose I suppose you might look at it that uh, they have ruled in your favor and that you get your deposit back, but that's not really helping anyone out. No, you know, it is a disappointing ruling, but um, I don't blame the judge too much as much as she didn't have the backing from whether it's government, whether it's law, whether it's, you know, the real estate board or the commission to say, you know, this is the consumer protection that's in place and this is what you need to use in order to help these people. There's just nothing like that in place right now. So who should also be kind of frustrated and, and almost scared is anyone buying into a new development? Because now there's this precedent set. And anyone that goes to buy a new unit, and if they go into a showroom and they use a realtor and they go through all the right avenues, um, they still might not get the unit. There's no consumer protection because if something goes wrong, the lenders will close and they get nothing. Because essentially the judge ruled that the lenders, it was more important that the lenders, because there were millions of dollars at stake, it was more important that the the units be sold off at today's market value to try and cover off those debts. That was more important than the purchasers moving in and getting those units at the price they paid when they purchased. Yeah, I mean, that, that part's unfortunate. When you look at the individual people that have bought into these units, you know, it's a lot of young families with young, young children or, or elderly that have sold their home years ago. And then people that this was going to be their first home. So it's a humongous, tremendous loss to not get their unit. And then to try and get into the market now is, you know, you're not going to get the same type of unit, you know, you're not going to get a two-bedroom, two-bath or what have you. You're going to have to compromise and get something much smaller, or you're going to have to pay a lot more. And for many, that's that's not an option. Uh, no, and, and there were many of the other uh, buyers there yesterday, too. And as you said, there were people there, they've been living in their RV uh, because they thought they would have moved in in 2016. Uh, people have been couch surfing, people have been staying with friends and uh, still waiting. Yeah, it's it's been awful, and especially for the people that have sold their homes. So not only are they having to pay more for their potential condo or trying to find something else now, but they've also lost out on all that growth for the last however long it's been, six months, a year, two years. So they're kind of getting hit twice. Um, you, you mentioned as well that there, there's no there's no safeguard, there's no place that people can go. A, because on the one hand, I know some people had said, oh, well, maybe the buyers hadn't done their due diligence. But it sounds like buyers did do their due diligence as much as they could. Uh, but there are still no safeguards if this is going to happen. Yeah, you know, the average person can only do so much. You know, you can use Google and and try and do a little bit of research on your own. But realistically, you can't go into the books of a developer or a company and say, well, how solvent are you? Are you close to bankruptcy? How are your financials looking? That's, that's not reasonable. And that, putting that onus on the average person walking into a showroom is, I, I don't think, reasonable at all. So you need to be able to have something that says, okay, if you're using the right app, you need, if you're using a licensed realtor, you're walking in, into a showroom and you're doing everything in good faith along the way and you're relying on the system that there should be some form of protection. It's it's quite strange and I find it um, kind of unbelievable that there isn't that this kind of thing can happen, that the real estate commission or the legislation isn't in place to say, you know, like I said, you use the right avenues, here's your protection, like we will back you.
And that's just it, too. This wasn't as though these were these were deals done in a back alley. This was what many believed to be a reputable developer companies involved. It was a, a, a place that was marketed to people like most places are. And people were buying in with that confidence that they were dealing with people that had done this before and everything was above board. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, that that calls into question, how do we kind of regulate putting contracts together, putting deals together? I'm not sure what exactly the right answer is, but there needs to be some kind of system in place so units aren't sold more than once. And there aren't these backroom deals that come into question later saying, well, you lent money, but there was some kind of agreement and it wasn't really up and up on, um, you know, certain things that need to be in a contract. Like a standard contract should be somewhat standard. And if you need to make, you know, a few little changes, that should be addendum to a standard contract. But there shouldn't be these back backroom deals and and um, and that that could potentially harm others. So. Uh, what happened to the contracts? Because presumably, as a buyer, you had a contract with the with the developer to purchase. You purchased that unit. So, what, did the contract expire, or what happened to that? No. So, what had happened is, as there were additional delays, there was additional disclosures put out. So, it would say, you know, for example, that um, the elevators were needing to be changed, or there was an issue with that. So, what we're going to do is we're going to push back the opening date or the closing date, I guess, rather. Um, a month or two, we're going to give you a small credit or um, free cable for your in lieu of your pain and suffering, um, and we'll be on our way. There, there was no kind of question of do we need to resign our contracts or create a new contract. It was just no. We're you know here's an addendum. We're just going to push back a, a month or two, and um, that had happened several times. And a couple of people I know have already mentioned to the. Um, to Global and a few other outlets that after five or six or seven of them, the the excuses <laughs> weren't as uh, weren't as good as in the beginning. So they they did start to become suspect. All right. Well, Nolan, we'll let you go. We're out of time, but thank you so much for for joining us. It is uh, definitely a, a cautionary tale, one that uh, people I think will think about if they're thinking about pre sales. Uh, uh, and uh, we'll keep in touch with you and see uh, where things go from here. But thank you so much for joining us this morning. I appreciate it. Well, thanks very much for having me. All right. That is Nolan Colleen, one of the purchasers in Murrayville House. And the 40 purchasers of those 40 units that were involved in the most recent court case will be getting their deposits back. A first right of refusal when the units go back on the market. However, as you can imagine, the price now compared to what it was in 2015, quite different. You've been listening to a 980 CKNW podcast. Listen live at cknw.com, the Radio Player Canada app, Tune in, Amazon Alexa, HD Radio at 101.1 FM HD2, and on the AM dial, 980 CKNW.